0: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Tonga's Peter Taufa Tafoa has a new dream, Papua New Guinea reflect on hosting their first global sporting event, and Fiji set their sights on the Women's Rugby World Cup. But first, Joseph Parker has a date with destiny on Saturday when he takes on Andy Ruiz for the vacant WBO World Heavyweight Boxing title in Auckland. The 24-year-old New Zealand Samoan will put his undefeated record on the line against the Mexican American Ruiz, who is 29-0 as a professional. Rinzi's Indira Stewart and Levi Morgan from Pacific Media Network sat down with Parker's biggest supporters, parents Sulla and Dempsey Parker, to gauge how they were feeling in the lead-up to the fight.
2: I call it um, silent stress, where I, you know, I don't show it, but all of that I drown it with my smile, and yeah already a lot of worries and butterflies and yeah hope's gonna be fine and you've got two boys fighting on saturday i mean that's another big thing as well is that not not everybody knows that you've got two boys fighting on saturday so it's a big thing for you guys you're a family big family event it is yeah um john we've always feel comfortable with john i don't know that dad but i feel comfortable with john when he was an amateur i always loved watching him because he's an aggressive one he's a vicious (laughs) fighter but because he had an accident for like and didn't get into the ring for like about four four years um i'm a bit a little bit worried because this is his second fight and i hope his um, wrist is not gonna affect again but I'm, I'm so looking forward to their performance, both Joseph and John.
1: What changes this time though? I mean, every, you know, you're always nervous. Second time, John's fighting with Joe professionally. What changes with the, the nerves? Sometimes, you know, to t- t- calm was a really tough one. You've got Dimitrinko and Hamono. But those are almost fill-ins for the main one that matters the most, this one. Does, does anything change for you? Like, oh,
2: Absolutely the worries there's triple so it was double last time so it's triple now
1: <laughs> it must be hard to do the silent stress then like you get to just talk with them and let them know hey I mean this is really hard for me or I know you guys love this but you know it's, it's hard on
2: but you, you know what up. looking at the hard work that they're putting in it's, it's not really easy it's hard when you see them early in the morning get up uh, train um, it's just full on every day And after the media, whatever, whatever, back into the gym again. It's a hard stuff, hard work. And so um, with that hard work, it comes with um, a comforting kind of feeling that hopefully they will do well in the ring. I mean, the ultimate is to come out not getting hurt and to win. It is a tough schedule that, that I've seen them, but um, you joked outside about you two, the pair of you being heavy security for your boys, <laughs> which is really awesome to see as well. You know, um, Islanders have a very strong and close family connection, um, so it must really mean a lot to you for to be here in a practical sense around your boys, surrounding them with the comfort, the encouragement they need, the family support, and I'm sure it must make a huge difference to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. With the and fight, and we saw he got hurt, uh, Joseph got hurt and stuff. And we uh, we went back home. We sat down and we looked at looked at ide- ideas what we can do and how we can help uh, to mitigate, you know, what was not right from that fight. And what we came up with was we need to come and camp with them at the hotel to make sure, you know, they've got parents figure around them uh, so they already grown up to be men and stuff but they still needed some kind of kindness around their preparations for for the fights so did you see this happening growing up when you raised your children raised your boys did you ever see gosh one day they might be doing this fighting it on, on a world wbo world heavyweight title we were just doing it like to support children as normal parents, normal children, uh, either sports, academic or whatever, whatever they, you know, their endeavours in life. Um, as parents, we feel like if we missed out on our time when we were young, getting that support from our own parents, this is our time to give to our children. And so we were just supporting them. But thank God, you know, they turn up to with the strength that they like to carry on. And to do well in in you know what they um, with the gifts that they tip, given and the talents.
0: That's Joseph Parker's parents, Sulla and Dempsey Parker, speaking to Indira Stewart and Levi Morgan. Tongan athlete Peter Tofua has announced he's taking up cross-country skiing in a bid to qualify for the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea. The 33-year-old Oceania Taekwondo champion became a global sensation following his shirtless entrance at the Rio Olympics opening ceremony this year. Tofu Tafua says he doesn't actually know how to ski, but isn't one to shy away from a challenge.
3: It came about because uh, a couple of years ago I had my first um, experience in the snow, it wasn't skiing, um, I didn't put on skis until yesterday for all of five minutes, but um, the Winter Olympics is coming up in 2018 and I you know, falling in love with snow, uh, cross-country skiing represents to me a sport that is so challenging. And for me, I'm I'm more about uh, chasing down those challenges, um, showing people that they can chase down their own challenges, they can chase down their own dreams, so that if I can do this, anyone can do this. You
0: started Taekwondo as a small boy, and as you say, you've had skis on for all of five minutes. So, um, I mean, there's challenges, and then this is you know, to make it to the Winter Olympics is uh, an almighty <laughs> challenge.
3: Absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the, the crazy things is that, you know, I'm, I'm putting it out there to the world, to the world who's going to see, you know, this all take shape. And it, it took me 20 years to make it in taekwondo, the sport that I've been doing since I was a kid. And I've got a year and a half to try and qualify for South Korea. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of hard work. But it's important for me that I bring people along on the ride with me so that they can somehow, um, you know, relate it to their life and, um, and, you know, take themselves a bit lighter as well. It's it's not just about, uh, you know, the Olympic creed is about participation.
0: There is already, of course, a Royal Tonga Ski Association, and there is a group of Tongans, uh, European base, that are training and attempting to achieve the same goal as you by reaching Pyeongchang and the 2018 Winter Olympics. Are you a part of that crowd?
3: I sure am. I mean... Uh, you know, I'm officially in the Royal Tonga Ski Federation now and uh, a member of the Worldwide Ski Federation as well.
0: So what did you need to do to get that membership and what happens from here?
3: Uh, to get the membership we, uh, we had to go to the Royal Tonga Ski Federation um, and they were really excited because uh, you know, for us it's another opportunity to get Tonga and the Pacific out there to the world. Um, And from here, the next step is to, firstly, I've got to learn how to ski. So I'm heading across to Europe at the end of December. Um, First step, learn how to ski. Second step, uh, complete a race, actually finish a race. Cross-country skiing is a a very tough sport. Um, Third step is then to improve on the time. And final step is to start improving at different competitions.
0: For someone who needs to learn how to ski and as you say, only 18 months to the Winter Olympics, I mean... How realistic is this? I mean, I guess a lot of people would look at it and say, is it just another publicity stunt?
3: Yeah, a lot of people would think that. But, you know, regardless of what, you know, what we do, people, you know, there'll be a lot of people who, you know, who criticise different things. Um, It's how realistic is it? In my head, it's very realistic. You know, I, I believe I can, you know, there's Winter Olympics in 2018. There's another one four years after that. You know, I'm chasing down this one first. But it's going to be challenging. My whole life has been about challenge. 20 years to try and qualify, you know, lots of failed attempts. So, you know, I believe I can do it. And um, I think people set their goals way too low. You know, this is completely out there. It's a massive goal. It's a massive dream. But, you know, some people can set their goals so low that they actually achieve them. You know, I have no fear setting them high. If things go to plan, then I'll be in um, South Korea in a year and a half
0: and taekwondo was your first love as you say 20 years to qualify for rio uh so is that now on the back burner you did sort of indicate post rio that you know you would like to you know try for tokyo is is that now off the cards
3: oh no it's certainly on the cards ever since i was a kid my goal was to you know to medal at the olympics so for, you know one of the goals was to make the olympics secondly was to medal but we're 4 years away from the next olympics um so taekwondo is still uh, you know i'm still doing taekwondo it hasn't i'm certainly still very strong in the uh in the taekwondo aspect. Ski just, you know, represents another um, sport that I can also do.
0: You had a big fundraising campaign uh, on your road to Rio, Uh, so what is it going to take financially and what sort of support do you already have in in your efforts to make it to South
3: Korea? At the moment I've got the support of the, um, you know, the Royal Tonga Ski Federation. You know, we'll be uh, looking into sponsorships, we'll be looking into um, crowdfunding. It can be an expensive sport, so we have to just you know find the best ways that we can uh, get that done.
0: Have a lot of uh, doors opened, I guess, post Rio, and obviously the impact you had over there in terms of those sorts of commercial opportunities. Or you know, obviously you've got a bit of a profile now.
3: Yes, yeah, so since Rio, many many doors have opened in, in many different areas. So it hasn't just been sport. There's been um, you know opportunities in Hollywood. There's been um, you know film and TV and, and there's always always sport as well. So, yeah, many things have... Uh, there have been many opportunities, but, um, you know, for me, the, uh, at the moment, the Olympic dream is, is where it's at.
0: That's Tongan athlete Peter Talfa tafua The Papua New Guinea sports minister says the country proved the sceptics wrong by hosting a successful FIFA Under-20 Women's World Cup. The tournament concluded at the weekend, with North Korea defeating France three goals to one in the final... At the John Guy's Stadium in Port Moresby, PNG were awarded hosting rights in March of last year, beating out the rival bid from Sweden. But the Minister for Sports and National Events, Justin Tachenko, says football's world governing body weren't sure if they would be able to deliver.
4: People were the sceptical ones in the beginning that we could uh, pull off this event to their standards and their criteria, and uh, we proved them wrong. And they uh, they appreciated that. And they were very uh, receptive to everything that uh, was done. Uh, we went out of our way to ensure that uh, this event, world event, uh, was a success. And uh, it ended up with uh, North Korea being the champions of the FIFA World Cup. And, of course, France going home a little bit disappointed, but uh, with the wonderful experience. Overall, the uh, PNG Sports Foundation... All the sponsors, the uh, local organizing committee that I chaired and everything uh, did a fabulous job, unbelievable job for our first world international event uh, and uh, it came across as a huge success uh, for our country, uh, especially with the broadcasting of uh, this event, uh, you know, average of over 100 million people around the world uh, watched uh, this event uh, at every uh, different game that was played. So the coverage we got out of it is priceless, absolutely priceless. We look forward uh, to bidding and hosting uh, many more to come. You talk, Minister, about scepticism from FIFA. I mean, they still chose to
0: obviously award the hosting rights to Papua New Guinea over Sweden last year when that was
4: announced. Um, now what, what were those skepticisms? Whether we could do it or not, whether the scepticism was we could actually do it. I mean, they knew nothing really about PNG. I mean, most countries saw Papua up Guinea Guineas uh, in Africa. So the scenario is, is that um, they didn't know our capacity, they didn't know uh, our expertise, they didn't know whether our facilities will meet their criteria. Um, and uh, everything that they gave to us to do, we did, and kept to the highest uh, international standards that people require. Um, and now it's our job to ensure that what we have created and what we've spent on uh, is maintained at that same level from now on. People were, at the end of the day, very, very happy. Uh, some were apologetic, that, at the end of the day, we, we uh, pulled off this event uh, with full flying colours for the benefit of our country uh, and to host as well many other events into the future. And what is the legacy of this tournament for Papua New Guinea as a country, and and also for football and, and and women's sport in Papua New Guinea? The exposure we got throughout the world is is priceless. No money can pay for the exposure we got, which will benefit the country in the long term, especially as a destination to come to and uh, one that can host future uh, world uh, and international events. With the infrastructure we built as well for uh, the FIFA World Cup, we have got two new stadiums which are first-class, internationally accredited. The fields have been certified by FIFA as better than actually New Zealand, they said. So I won't go too far into that, but that's what they stated in the report. With that, we've got one of the stadiums is now dedicated to PNG uh, football. Uh, Now they have their own dedicated, PNGFA have their own dedicated stadium and uh, facilities, which they never had. Uh, The other stadium at Barber Park will be utilised for Touch uh, Rugby and Rugby Union. So now those two sporting codes have a facility that they never had and can utilise. For our girls, uh, especially our female um, football team, under-20s female football team, were exceptional. And the experience that they've gained out of this competition will be a lifetime memory for them and take them to the next level. And hopefully inspire many other young Papua New Guinean girls no matter what sport it is to get up there and have a go and uh, be a sporting uh, female hero and these young girls have really uh, become role models for other young girls to to show that you can be a world superstar you can get up there and be in the limelight and uh, be somebody so it's, it's shown our Papua New Guinean young ladies that uh, they can be someone in the future uh, especially for sport That's
0: the Papua New Guinea Sports Minister Justin Tichenko (music) Fiji are just two games away from qualifying for the Women's Rugby World Cup for the first time The Fijiana 15s defeated Papua New Guinea in Suva last month to take out the inaugural Oceania Women's Championship That earned them a place at the final qualifying tournament against Japan and Hong Kong with the top two teams advance to next year's World Cup in Ireland, Fiji's first match is on Friday, and Coach Siramaya Mbaya says they are ready to go.
1: We're very pleased with the way we played against Fiji, but we know that it will be a different uh, challenge against the, um, you know, the uh, Asian uh, teams. Of so watching them, they uh, they played a lot of rugby enough you know, for us. Uh, we have prepared really well from the past two weeks after the Fiji game, so. Um, you comparing know, we, you know, the the positive, the, the positive vibe within our team. We're just excited about the results.
0: And uh, you know, you were of course over with the Flying Fijians in Europe, so uh, uh, entrusted, um, I guess, some of your staff to look after the team. How did how did that work out?
1: Yes, you know, it's very tough when you uh, when you're with, with the girls and, and the things are going well for them, and then you have to leave for for the Flying Fijians. But I'm. Um, um, you know, blessed and lucky that I got a team of coaches with me that assist me with with uh, everything you know we've been in contact every day when I was in Europe um, and you know coming back and to see them they, you know in terms of their growing and understanding of their games and the knowledge and, and the ro- their knowledge in their roles and uh, especially in, in uh, you know in physical conditioning for, for the girls is um, I'm really pleased with with the way they, they, they've been assisting for the past two weeks. You'll
0: be coming up a different, against a different style of rugby uh, against Japan and Hong Kong. Um,
1: d- does that alter the way you intend to play the game? It's watching uh, both teams play, it's, it's kind of a high-tempo game. You know, all, all due respect for them, you know, uh, they, they play the, the game plan really well. Uh, but we, we just need to analyse it and, and see what we can counter with. But, you know, hopefully in, um, you know, it'll be it'll be, it'll be a tough challenge. That high-tempo kind of a game would probably suit Fiji. Well, I hope so, you know, because we, we love to run the ball as well, but got to do the simple things right, you know, we'll, we'll go back to the basics, we, you know, you, you you've got to win win your set piece and dominate the, the set piece and, and you have to, you know, rock really well and then um, the, the beauty of us is, uh, you know, anybody can, can play with the ball in hand and then they're excited, you know, once you're physically fit and then uh, it'll be more easy and exciting to to play. What are the key improvements that you're wanting from your players after PNG? Well, first and foremost, we, we need to get fitter. But we you know we were pleased where we had, at at PNG, uh, but we need we need to get fitter to um, compete compete with you know going into the World Cup if we want to qualify, and then uh, we, we we just need to be you know in terms of awareness, um, you know, an understanding of our, our game plan. At times, we, I think we lack like concentration. Um, but, you know, some part of our games, we really, you know, it's a really positive one. Uh, but I think most, mostly it's our physical fitness. And, and at times, it's awareness and concentration. We need to be um, on the go for 40 minutes.
0: That's the Fiji women's rugby coach, Seremiah Mbai. And that's the world in sport for this week from RNZ International. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.